Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the Ear Hustle special. Today we're going to shine a light on the amazing podcast Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. This show is produced in large part behind the walls of San Quentin State Prison in collaboration with people currently incarcerated there. And for our next segment, the Ear Hustle team may explore what is called reception. This is the first place that people are sent when they enter into the prison system and anyone who has been incarcerated has spent time there. We begin with Ear Hustle co-host Rasan New York Thomas, who recounts what it was like when he first came to prison. It's my first time being locked up. And somebody was just really cool. A guy took a liking to me and he just started telling me how jail works. He said, when you go inside, don't show no fear. Do not stay in your cell. Go in your cell, put your, your property down on your bed and come right out and just go see who's on the tier and just make yourself known. If you go in your cell and hide, they're going to think you're scared. And they also told me, don't accept charity in prison. Don't let nobody give you a candy bar. Don't let nobody give you anything because there's always strings attached. Yeah, will you tell me that story? So what does it mean if someone leaves a candy bar on your bunk? Oh, it's a setup. What, do we explain that? The theory is you're just coming to prison. You don't have any property. Yeah. If you eat the candy bar, then you owe them and you have no way to pay with money. And so they expect you to pay with a sexual favor. Booty bandits, let's just call them what they are, booty bandits, guys that are in there trying to turn young, uh, naive prisoners out and make them their prison property. Mm. So you knew that going in? I was scared to death. That's like my worst nightmare, like to be raped or something like that. Worst nightmare. That is the voice of Rasan Thomas, a.k.a. New York. And he's actually talking about reception in New York State, which is where he first went to prison. When I first walked into the Carson Center, uh, San Quentin's Reception Center in Carson, the first thing that I smelled was the stench of smoke. And it was pungent. It reminded me of a forest fire. And I thought, damn, is it a fire going on around here? Because it was just smoky. And But then the other thing I noticed was that people were going about like normal business. I walked to the cell where I was. I went in and made the formal introduction to the cellmate that I had. And that was the first thing I asked him. I'm like, why is there smoke? coming out of individual cells. And he said that those were individuals who like to burn wicks. And I'm like, what is a wick? And he said it was a long piece of toilet paper that was rolled up into a tight rope and hung on the wall and burned so people can have access to light their cigarettes. And I said, okay, no wonder why the building is smoky. There's a ton of wicks being burned in the building. Another interesting thing was that I used to smell exotic foods. Hmm. I'm like, where is this food smells coming from? I'm talking about Chinese food, Mexican food, different kinds of food. We're in reception. We don't have hot pots or anything. So where, where is this coming from? And so my celly said, well, you have guys who have cafes. And so I was like, well, how are they making the food smell this good? It smells like diner food, greasy spoon food. And he said, oh, what they do is they take the cookie sheet on the bunk that we sleep on. And they scrape the paint off of it, and it's actual metal like a grill, a real thin piece of metal. Then they take this firebomb. Remind us what the firebomb is. You take toilet paper or a sheet, and you wrap either or into a cone. And then take a can, and you sit the cone on top of the can, 
and it shoots a fire flame straight up like a like a Bunsen burner. And when you put it under the uh, sh- cookie sheet, yeah. it heats the cookie sheet on the bed into a grill. So these guys are doing chop suey, putting the rice from the canteen, the noodles, and the fish together with the peppers, and actually making cuisines to sell and to feed their homeboys. Okay, that's impressive that you can actually take that sheet of metal on your bunk and turn it into this giant frying pan. Or a gangster grill. (laughs) Gangster grill. Okay, so you can make this grill, and then you cook these snacks to share with your neighbors. Yeah, guys in prisons are geniuses. (laughs) And the guys that have been in reception for a while, they pass on their tricks to the new guys coming in. Nice. But most guys that come through reception, they don't remember it as a place of good food or good smells. The cockroaches, the heat the sweat, noisy, smoke everywhere. Couldn't sleep, couldn't rest. It was miserable. It was really miserable. So I remember... That's David Ditto. Before coming to San Quentin, he was in reception at Chino State Prison, which is right outside of Los Angeles. And when he was there in 2012, there were problems with the plumbing. The toilets didn't work. So what would you do if you had to go to the bathroom? Uh, It got so bad I had to actually make a makeshift toilet in the middle of my cell in the morning when my cellie was asleep and uh, use it and wrap it up and, and uh, put it out with the trash. Be careful where you throw it. Be careful where you throw it. He wasn't kidding. Not at all. And I have a serious story about that back from when I was in reception. And it happened when I was walking in a single file line with a group of guys on our way to chow. And we're all wearing the state green uniforms. And about maybe five guys in front of me, something comes over the tears and splashes him right in the head. And it's feces. He gets shit all over his face and his head. And the craziest thing about it is nobody laughed at him. He didn't take it like no big deal. He just wiped it off as best he can. He looked up a little bit and he just kept walking like nothing happened straight to chow. And I was looking like, wow, like, what the hell? But the craziest part was the next day I went to chow again. And at the, at the breakfast table, they were talking about how the guy who threw the shit was found stabbed to death in his cell. And that's when I realized, like, they are not playing. This is real. This is prison. This is no joke. And I can live or I can die here. And it made me even more hypervigilant, more scared, more worried. So we're talking about reception, the place where guys go when they first enter the prison system. I think the thing that was most difficult for me to deal with in reception was the noise. This is Lewis Brackett. He recently went to reception here at San Quentin. They're just so loud. They're talking to this guy down here, and this guy over here, this guy up here, this guy over here. Like, hey, what's up, homie? Good morning. Hey, I sent mine, bro. All right, I'll send mine right back. And da 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 da. And they just doing that all day. And it was just driving crazy. So right now, I see you have a watch on. How do you tell time in reception? Ain't no watches over there, right? So, yeah, no, there's not. Wait. There's no time in reception? What do you, um, wait, 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 explain that. <laughs> the time the judge gave you. But what, yeah. are you serious? There's, there's no clocks there? There's no clocks. Intentionally? 
there's a clock down by the by the desk, but that's it. No, you cannot see it from your cell. So in reception here at San Quentin, you don't know what time it is, it's noisy, and you can't really see who's making all of that noise. Yeah, um, what's crazy is that you can hear all these guys, but you can't see them. So unless you know their voice, like, you don't know who they are. That's insane. It's really insane. And, and like, if somebody curses you out, you don't know if they're big or small, if you turn (laughs) the fade down, if you take the fade. You don't know what to do. You don't know who just cursed you out. So like, It might be better to just stay quiet in there. I think that's my advice. Uh, Last time I was in reception was February of 2000, this is 19, 18, 17. Jeff Atkins is a professional musician. He's been in prison before, back in the 1990s. And this was his second time in reception? Second, third, I'm not sure, Naj, but he's definitely what I'm going to call a returning resident. Okay, so this is maybe his third time in prison? Uh, At least. I'm telling you, yeah, more than three times. Lonnie just let us know it's more than three times. So what that tells me is he really knew what to expect. Yep, and that was no TVs, no radios, and very limited phone calls. Apart from reading, there's no entertainment, except what guys can come up with themselves. Yeah, reception's a whole lot of boring. It sure sounds like that. Oh, heck yeah. But Jeff says the last time he was there, there was something going on every night. Anywhere... From after chow, which is usually around 6.37, or after the evening meal, they kick it off. You know, some guy will start rapping or they'll have a comedy, you know, show. They'll do skits, you know, they'll do commercials. So, New York, this is what they call Showtime at the Apollo. Yep. Uh, so the thing about reception, it's not really a nice place, mm-hmm. but guys make the best of it. Okay. And sh- Showtime got to be like the absolute best thing about it. Guys with musical talent can shine. Comedians can tell their jokes. It's like a freaking variety show. But remember, you can't see who's performing. Oh, yeah. You can't see anything. (laughs) And Jeff took advantage of that relative anonymity. So when I first got there, I figured I'd play a little trick, right? I did a um, Randy Travis song, right? And Randy Travis, of course, is a white country and western singer, right? And, How did the song go? And they're, they're, they're politicking, you know, they're, they're doing the prison politics in there, you know, yeah. the whites hang with the whites, the blacks hang with the blacks, you know. So I came out with this, um, oh, baby, I'm going to love you forever. And I really put the twang in. And forever and ever, amen. And so all the white guys, yeah, brother, <laughs> sing, brother. And I just keep going. I get to the chorus. I'm going to love you forever and ever and forever and ever, amen. And so they'd be like, yeah, brother, yeah. Sing another one, brother. Where are you at, brother? I'm going to send you some coffee, brother. Do you need anything else down there? I'm like, no, I'm cool, bro. I'm cool. Right, so I do that. I, I think I did another uh, um, couple more country songs. I did um, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Oh, I, I love them. Oh, it was um, Baby, when I met you, there was peace unknown, and I set out to get you with a fine tooth comb. I was soft inside, so we'll just get to the islands in the stream. That is what we are. I mean, the white guys were like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like a standing ovation, a thunderous game, beating on the walls. Yeah, it was, they were pumped. I mean, yeah, so I knew I had them, right? 
So I did, um, I think it was, uh, I did Michael Jackson, you know, early Michael Jackson, um, Who's Love of You, you know, right I after go, doing I go. When I had you, so, you know, it was Who's Loving You, and they were confused now. They're like, wait a minute, brother, <laughs> <laughs> what, what nationality are you, brother? <laughs> the white Jews were yelling at that? Uh, yes. <laughs> right. But before I could, I, I wanted to say, I'm a n right? <laughs> so when I told them what I was, right, they were like, oh, all right, brother, as long as we know. And then now they're mad at their, my neighbors. They're like, hey, hey, Ronnie, you were next to this dude, bro, and you didn't tell us anything? You know, <laughs> what this position oh to? But God. anyway, yeah. Did they ever give you anything? Like, they send you? They offered, uh, absolutely. Before they found out? When they thought you were and white? And even after, to oh, be honest okay. with you. Okay. I'm All telling right. you, music uh, mm. is so universal that it, that it was just uh, fun and games to yeah. me. Most nights around 10 o'clock, the shutdown begins. And this is when the crazy, noisy day in reception comes to an end with a very specific ritual. And we heard some of that at the top of the podcast. That's the Usos, the Samoan cats doing their shutdown. Here's Lewis Brackett again, remembering what it was like to lead the shutdown. I would grab the bars and, like, scream at the top of my lungs, you know. Excuse me on the tear! Excuse me on the tear! Just getting that out and, and really being that one voice that everybody is listening to at that one time every night. First time I heard the shutdown, I loved it. This is Tala Brooks, who was in San Quentin's reception in the early 90s. I love the unity. I love the respect. I love the structure. I really appreciated that. I was like, man, I don't believe I'm hearing this. They're really having a respectful ending to the night. Wow. I mean, you could hear... A pin drop. That's beautiful. That's eerie. That's power. Big, big love to all the men who shared their stories of time and prison reception. Rasan Newark Thomas. John, Yaya Johnson. David Ditto. Jeff Atkins, Lewis Brackett, and Charles Talib Brooks. And Snappers, I urge you to go check out the amazing work the Ear Hustle team is doing. You can find pictures from the stories and dozens of episodes over at EarHustleSQ.com. The team has just launched their fourth season of the show, and it's packed with incredible stories from both inside and outside the prison walls. Ear Hustle comes to us by way of PRX's Radiotopia. 
and it's produced by Erlon Woods, Nigel Poor, Rasan New York Thomas, John Yaya Johnson, Pat Masini Miller, and Bruce Wallace. The music for those stories was by incarcerated people inside San Quentin, Antoine Williams and David Jossin. Sounding fantastic, fellas. The senior producer is Curtis Fox, and the executive producer is Julie Shapiro. Special shout out to Lieutenant Sam Robinson, the public information officer for San Quentin. Sam, we appreciate you. Thank you to San Quentin's warden, Ron Davis. Ear Hustle, it's made possible with support from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, working to redesign the justice system by building power and opportunity for communities impacted by incarceration. To the whole team, we're sending big love from here at Snap. and can't wait to hear what you're doing next. We have links to all that is Ear Hustle on our website, snapjudgment.org. If you missed even a moment, get the Snap Judgment podcast wherever you get your podcast. And even though this is not the news, please write an incarcerated person. They really appreciate it. This is WNYC. Mm-hmm.